Welcome to the sixth CD in the Article Marketing uh, CD series. Again, this is Sean Mize, and my website is www.secretsofinternetsuccess.com. Now, going back to the idea of private label rights articles for the purpose of rewriting them, and again, I'm discussing this in terms of rewriting private label rights articles and making them very much original articles. I'm not talking about buying a private label rights articles and just uploading them to your site. Uh, the next question would be, well, how do you find these? Uh, in many, many niches, if it's a relatively popular niche at all, there have been a number of private label rights articles that have already been written on those particular topics. Uh, to find those, type in PLR, the letters PLR, plus your niche, or PLR articles plus your niche, or PLR content plus your niche, or private label rights articles, content, etc., plus your niche. And in, I, I want to say most, if not all, popular niches, then you should be able to find some articles. And if you're in kind of a sub-niche that's not popular, then you may not be able to find any private label rights articles. And then you'll be forced to either write them yourself or outsource them and have someone else write them for you. So speaking of having them written for you, having them outsourced, let's discuss that now. Let's think about, and I'll discuss, deciding to outsource article writing. So the first question is, should you outsource your article writing? And a lot of the decision has to do with the economics of having the articles uh, written for you. When you first begin online, you are going to have more time than you have money, or at least money coming in from your business. Now, if you're in a financial position where you can invest several thousand dollars per month on your online business while you're growing it, then that would make it easier for you to lean towards making that decision to outsource some or all of your article writing. If, however, on the other hand, you are building a business and you're willing to go a little bit slower, obviously you'll be able to build your business much faster, all other things being equal, if you're able to spend $5,000 a month on advertising, whether that's on article marketing, which involves paying someone to article write and then submitting those articles, or it's paying for traffic. You're going to be able to grow much faster. But if you're in a position where you don't want to spend more than a few hundred dollars a month while you're growing your business. Odds are your business is going to grow a little bit slower, all other things being equal, but you are going to have more time on your hands and therefore you probably have the time to write five or ten articles per day. Now at some point as your business progresses and you begin to spend more of your time writing ebooks, finding affiliate products if you choose to go down that route, uh, creating CDs such as this, creating DVD products, and a wide variety of products, as you begin to spend more time on those products, and as you have income coming in from those products, then you may decide, you know, I really don't believe it's worth my time anymore to write five or ten articles per day. I'm going to outsource that to someone else. Now, articles range anywhere online for 
anywhere near a decent article from about $5 per article on up to about $20 per article. Generally, if you're paying between $10 and $20 per article, you are using a company in America. You are using a company that uses American writers, and they are generally a professional writer, and therefore they place a lot more value on their time. And they're obviously able to charge a higher rate. In fact, they are willing to write, for example, 10 articles per day to a number of clients at a revenue of $200 for those 10 articles than writing 100 articles a day for a few dollars a piece. So generally, to now, in most cases, to get the price much below $10, you are going to have to outsource those articles to article writers in other countries besides the United States. And uh, there's pros and cons to that. Uh, the obvious pro is that the price tends to go down. So, for example, when the article writers that I have that are in India or the Philippines or China and English is perhaps not their first language, although I have to say this, that I have uh, been pleasantly surprised at the level of the writing and the grammar, etc., etc., in articles that I purchase from India and the Philippines and China and some of those other countries. However, the, the, the normal colloquialism that, that occurs in the English-American language is, is, is not there as much. Sometimes there's some grammar issues. Sometimes there are uh, some spelling issues. Normally the grammar is, is, is more of a problem. Now, to get the price down to 5 or $6 an article, though, you, you really have to go offshore, so to speak, to, to get those articles. Now, for me, purchasing anywhere from 800 to 2,000 articles per month, you know, it makes a huge difference for me if I can buy them at $5 a piece versus $20 a piece. So what I do is I purchase them at a, at a low price in the range of $5 per each. And sometimes that price can go down even below that if you're buying in volume, as I do. Uh, but I recognize that the articles are going to have some grammatical flaws from time to time. So that's the only thing that's important for you to understand is that if you purchase articles at $5 a piece, you're probably going to have to do a little bit of editing. When I say a little bit, I mean a little bit, normally a minute per each. So, so not a lot of editing, but you're probably going to have to do some editing. Now, that's not to say I don't want to make this a blanket statement. If you purchase an article for $5, then you're going to have to do some editing. That's not the case. However, the trend really is if, you can, if you're willing to pay $10 or $20 an article, you can generally get a higher quality article than one for $5. And, of course, that makes sense. It's kind of the same thing if you purchase a, a, you know, a product for $100, an information product for $100. It probably doesn't have as much information as something that is being sold for $1,000 or $10,000. So the same type of thing occurs here. So... These are some thoughts that you need to have before you begin to outsource your article writing. You cannot at any point assume that the articles are perfect. They do need to be proofread before you upload them. You need to make sure that what's in the articles is in line with your own beliefs. Uh, the one thing that you don't want to have is an article posted. Let's just say that you're in the insurance um, 
niche and you know your website is it's a very ethical website and and uh, you're proud of that and then you per start purchasing insurance articles and a couple of them include some questionable practices well if you don't read those articles then you're not going to know that you're 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 actually promoting on your website some unethical practices and then people read those articles and they read you know your information and they don't know what to believe so it's just important that you know what you're putting on your site even though you are outsourcing it uh, to to somebody else next I am going to cover how to uh, outsource that article writing um, I discovered it took me several months to uh, kind of fine-tune my process for getting articles written for me. I've probably had as many as 40 or 50, maybe even 60 unique article writers write articles for me. And most of them, I did not allow them to continue writing articles for me. There were two problems that I ran into at the very beginning. And I ran into this with higher priced articles as well as lower priced articles. So it isn't just a price point thing. But believe it or not, some article writers out there who claim to be writers would actually send me plagiarized content they would literally scrape the web take articles off the web and send them to me and attempt to charge me for them and uh, unfortunately I did twice I was uh, kind of in a position where you know you really want to pay somebody in a timely fashion and so I like to pay people right away and uh, I think in a couple of particular instances I didn't have time to check the articles and it had been a couple of days and I really didn't want to not pay them any longer so I went ahead and paid them and of course when I went through and checked the articles I read that they were plagiarized so by following the advice I'm giving you now and I'm going to give you over the next few minutes I would not have paid on those articles as I would have discovered that they were plagiarized uh, content so the second thing that 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 can happen is that people will offer to write articles for you and the articles that they perhaps show you as samples are not of the same quality as the ones that they write for you. And so that's something that you've got to watch out for. What I normally do is when I'm looking for new article writers is I will place ads uh, for the articles and then once I've gotten some responses I will write these ghostwriters back and basically say hey you know your brand new article writer for me um, I'd like to give you a test run of say five articles and then they'll do those five articles for me and then if if those pass muster then I will give them the next week perhaps a test set of ten articles and then I'll move this slowly up in the direction of the number of articles that I need so if I need 50 articles per per week or per month then I would have these ghostwriters write five their first 10 their second 20 or 25 their third and then at 50 they'll they'll be writing regularly for me so what I have also discovered through hard knocks is that if someone plagiarizes content if they lift content from the web and you ask them to stop or you tell them you're not going to hire them anymore because of that then they will tell you of course if they want to continue doing business oh well we'll write them originally from here on out and I've taken the opportunity a couple of times to to take them up on that offer and what I found was that although the next set of articles were much better I found that the plagiarism began to creep back in here's the deal if if they're willing to do your work you write your articles for let's say five dollars a piece and the way that their model works is to 
get these articles created five minutes apiece by plagiarizing them, then if you ask them to start writing them originally, if you catch them and tell them to write them originally, they're no longer going to be able to create them in five minutes. They're going to be able to create them in 10 or 20 minutes, which, which really changes the economics of things because what you're doing is you're paying less for the similar article to them from from their perspective and, and they're just not going to be able to keep up their end of the bargain um, a plagiarizer is a plagiarizer that's what I have found in the past so once someone crosses that line with me and I am very clear up front when I'm hiring new article writers that I do not tolerate it that I do not pay on those articles etc 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 and what I will do is I will tell people uh, I'll tell them right up front that I, I do not tolerate it the first time that it happens, the first time I get plagiarized content, I do not pay them on the content, and I do not give them any more orders. Now that you know my mindset on having these articles ghostwritten, let me go ahead and go through the process that I use to find these uh, ghostwriters. I'm going to give you a list of article direct or article uh, ghostwriting uh, sites, uh, places where people... Uh, where ghost writers congregate and uh, and sell their services and I simply recommend that you go to each one of these websites and uh, check things out ask questions I, I can't necessarily recommend one over the other uh, you're gonna have to do your own research and uh, you know unfortunately I might be able to recommend today a particular site simply because I ran into a good author there and if I recommend that particular site to you then you may not get the same author and then you don't get the same level of service. So I want to be very careful here but I'm going to give you a list of sites and you will have more than enough ghostwriters out of this list of, uh, of websites. The second way, before I give this to you, I'll tell you this. The second way that you can uh, uh, find ghostwriters is to Google some of the following terms. Ghostwriting, article writing, article ghostwriting, article writing service, or ghostwriting service. And what you will find is that the articles, the article writers can change over time that are available. Because, for example, in my case, I've... After going through about 50 article writers, I, I ended up with about 10 that I would use regularly. And what I did, I found one of them just really was, did a better job for me. And I appreciated working with her. And uh, she she actually has a group of about, I would assume, between five and six writers that she manages in her office. And, uh, and, and they just do a great job. And so what I've done, instead of trying to manage like 10 different people every single week, I just manage the one. And, and she manages her own writers. So... I'm, I'm, I'm not in what, what I think happens is that sometimes an article writer be, get, gets to the point where they're doing full-time work for one person and they're no longer available so you're gonna see those people kind of fluctuate in and out in search results okay grab a pencil and paper I'm gonna go through these and give them to you one step at a time www.guru.com that's g-u-r-u.com the next one is www.hireaghostwriter.com that's all one word H-I-R-E-A-D-H-O-S-T-W-R-I-T-E-R.com. Uh, I've got uh, Idea Marketers, www.ideamarketers.com. I believe there's a link on that uh, homepage that will go to a ghostwriting page. The next one is www.articlesbase.com. That's all one word, articles 
base, B-A-S-E, dot com. And again, I, you should be able to go to a link. Uh, there's a page here that, of course, may not be a permanent page, but it's article-writing-service.php. So you'd go to www.articlesbase.com forward slash article writing service dot php. There's another service that uh, has a ghostwriting service. It's called the phantomwriters.com. T-H-E-P-H-A-N-T-O-M-W-R-I-T-E-R-S.com. Now, I do not recommend using phantom writers for any type of article submission or distribution or anything like that. Um, however, if, if you can find some ghostwriters there, then, then that's a good thing. Another one is uh, www.rentacoder.com. That's R-E-N-T-A-C-O-D-E-R, rentacoder.com. Basically, the way Rentacoder works is you'll bid on, you'll put a project on there, say 10 articles, and then you'll have different article writers bid on those articles. This next one works, these next two work very similarly to that. Uh, www.ifreelance.com that's all one word the letter I and then freelance F-R-E-E-L-A-N-C-E the next one is www.getafreelancer.com G-E-T-A-F-R-E-E-L-A-N-C-E-R.com here's one more that works on that bidding system www.elance.com that's E-L-A-N-C-E.com and I've got about five more where you can find ghostwriters. www.articlesandbeyond.com, all one word, articlesandbeyond.com. www.directfreelance.com, all one word, directfreelance.com. www.nodoubtmarketing.com, all one word, nodoubtmarketing.com, N-O-D-O. U-B-T-M-A-R-K-E-D-I-N-G. Then we've got uh, www.a1-optimization.com. And again, that's A, the number one, a dash, uh, or a hyphen, optimization.com. There's a page uh, that, that might work for you on there, or there'll be a link, but there's a page article-writing-service.htm. And if that page is still live, you can go right there, or you can just go to a1optimization.com, and then there should be a link on that page. And then we've also got uh, www.publicityadvisor.com, all one word, publicityadvisor.com. So those are places where you can find ghostwriters. I do not recommend starting with just one ghostwriter. I would choose five ghostwriters and give them each like one article or five articles. And that way, when you get those five sets of articles back, you can compare quality. Odds are, if you find five ghostwriters, you're going to find that one or two of them does a better job than the rest. One or two of them probably does a much worse job than the rest. And uh, you'll, that'll help you rather than doing you know, one ghostwriter each week, you won't be able to compare as, as, uh, as easily. Now, the next step, of course, would be to place an ad um, on some of those bidding sites, or in some of those sites, you'll actually have the opportunity to just place an order for your articles. This is, I'm just going to go ahead and read to you a typical ad that I use to find ghostwriters. I need 50, 275-word article marketing articles must be 100% original articles, not copied from anywhere, online or off, will not pay for any plagiarized content. 
Now, I make it very, very clear what I'm looking for. I note how many, how many words they are, what I'm using them for, article marketing. I'm indicating several times here, 100% original, not copied from anywhere, online or off, will not pay for any plagiarized content. And if someone can read all of that and think that they can still send me content that they did not write originally, I do not have any qualms about not paying for those articles. And I've listed it right here, will not pay for any plagiarized content. Now, once the ghostwriters respond to me, then I will normally carry on a conversation with them just in case they didn't read the entire ad. I will write them back and, and uh, ask them what their process is for writing the articles. Some of them will respond back, oh, I, you know, I do some research and then I down at the computer and I write the articles out. Some of them will tell me they're using software to, to, uh, to, to get ideas. If that's the case, I began to ask some questions. I want to find out exactly how they're doing their research. If their idea of doing research is copying a few articles and then copying a few sentences out of each one and merging them together into an article for me, that's not my idea of research. It's not the article I'm looking for. So I really ask some pointed questions. Sometimes I'll write back three, four, five, ten times before I get the answers that I want. But I want to make absolutely sure that I understand their process for writing and that they have they need to convince me that they're writing original articles and then I'll explain to them why you know I've had some problems normally I'll include some line like this in those those uh, in, in my communication and this does two things number one it lets them know why I'm asking all these questions but number two it lets them know that I don't tolerate any copying at all so basically what I'll say is something along the lines of you know the reason I'm asking all these questions is I had a real bad experience one time. I purchased some articles from someone. They claim that they are original, and and then I, you know, you know, went on Google and started searching for a few of the phrases within it in those articles. Boy, those articles were already just lifted from the web. You could tell that, and of course, I don't pay on articles like that. And I just want to make real sure that that uh, that we're both on the same page here. And of course. You know, I've had some ghostwriters that will write back and tell me it doesn't sound like I'm the right writer for you. And then I'll have others that'll write back and they'll just they'll say, "Boy, I'm a, I can't believe anybody would do that. We don't do that." And once you've had that kind of a conversation, then if they do send you a plagiarized content, then you have every right in the world to just not pay them. Certainly, don't use them again. Now, once they have agreed to do these articles for me and we've come up with a price that works for both of us, and, and keep in mind that although you want to get the lowest price possible, if somebody normally works for $10 an article, they might do work for you for 8 or 9 but if you get them to agree to $5 an article just because they're hard up this week and they need to write some articles and they haven't gotten any other orders, next week, when when they get their regular set of orders, if you're paying half price, your articles are going to be on their very lowest price list. They're, they may not write up to their normal quality. You know, who knows? You generally get what you pay for with, with articles. And the only place where you don't get what you pay for is where you're paying too much. If you're paying $20 an article, you're paying for somebody's title. You're really not paying for the for the article. But anywhere between 5 and $10, you generally, generally, I think you're getting what you pay for. Now, what I've done is I've written a short article writer's agreement. Um, and this agreement, I, I require, I, what I do is I send it, this agreement to them as part of a text file. I require that they copy and paste this article writer's agreement into an email and then put their name on the email.
this basically article writers agreement basically indicates that they're not going to to uh, plagiarize any content and although this agreement probably wouldn't hold up in some court of law that uh, I was ever sued because I used any plagiarized content I think that I could make a very convincing case that that I hire article writers that I make it very clear that I don't accept content and that I have a number of other article authors that abide by those rules and and I think that I could make a very convincing case that 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 I'm not the one at fault here although obviously if, if I ever found out that I had plagiarized content on my website that was plagiarized from someone else then I'd certainly take it down okay but anyhow I use this article writers agreement because I want to make sure that not only do they understand how serious I am about this issue and I think that normally if people realize that it's such an issue they'll just go find other clients but I want to have a record in case I ever do have a problem with plagiarized content and and also I, I want people to understand that they've agreed with me that they're not going to get paid on plagiarized content so I'm gonna give you word for word this article writers agreement I understand that all the articles I write for Sean Mize are ghost written and must be original content and cannot contain any plagiarized or copied content from any source online or offline and that I assign Sean Mize any and all rights regarding the articles written and that he can use them in any medium, both offline or off online, using his name as author or any other name as author, and that once I have been paid for the articles, no additional compensation is required, regardless of any future use of the articles. So in the first half of that article writer's agreement, I covered the original content issue. In the second half, I, I, I am dealing with a rights issue. I want to make absolutely sure that once they sell it to me, that... Uh, they can no longer use it or sell it to anyone else and that I own all the rights I do not ever want someone to say well I wrote you an article and then you put it in an ebook so I only sold you the use to use it as an article and uh, so the reason that I have this in here is that you know again I'll quote again that he can use them in any medium both offline and online using his name as author or any other name as author and then I Additionally, I write in here and that once I have been paid for the articles, no additional compensation is required, regardless of any future use of the articles. So this gives me the legal right to use these articles any way I choose, and I never have to worry about someone suing me for compensation for an ebook or something like that. So it's extremely important that you craft an article writer's agreement. You're more than welcome to use my article writer's agreement, obviously changing my name to yours and changing anything else that meets uh, your need. The next thing that is important when you're having these articles ghostwritten for you is that you maintain control over the quality of the articles. There are it's, it's going to be difficult for me to give you kind of a step-by-step -step type of thing to maintain control of the quality of the articles in terms of how they're written grammatically. Uh, certainly, if you've done this test run and the, the articles are written well and, and then you do 10 articles and then 25 articles and they're all written well and then you have a set of 50 articles and you know half of them are no good, then the obvious assumption would be that the person that's writing them is either getting sloppy as you give them more business or they've hired somebody to help them and the other person isn't as conscientious as they are. So you need to address that with the person that's writing the article. Say, hey, I cannot tolerate any more articles like this and I'm, I can't pay you on these 
until you've rewritten these particular articles so they, they meet my standards. So it's extremely important that you have some communication there. Now, what will normally happen is if I get an order, if I do a test order of, say, five articles and, or ten articles, if I do that test order and they come back and they're, they're just trash, grammar's bad, et cetera, et cetera, I don't even try to resurrect it. I will go ahead and pay on those articles if they're not plagiarized. I will, I'll go ahead and pay on those articles, but I won't use them, and then I won't use that writer again. Now, you may ask, well, why wouldn't you let the writer know you have a problem with the articles so that they can fix the problem and then you can buy more articles. Here's the way I look at it is if this person's natural disposition is to use bad grammar, bad spelling, and poorly written articles, do I really want to go through the hassle of reading all this person's articles for all of the time they're writing for me? No. I would much rather give up if I'm paying $5 per article for 10 articles. I'd rather pay the 50 bucks, fire the Arthur article writer. I'm not even firing Just don't hire him again. And, uh, and and find another writer whom I can trust because I simply do not want to be messing with articles. You know, I, I personally handle anywhere from 800 to 2,000 articles per month, and if I had to read every article and, and be concerned that there was going to be problems, if I could not trust those articles, I couldn't do what I'm doing. Now I spend a few minutes a week on my article writing program. I, it takes me about one minute to send the titles out, the topics out, and uh, about a week later I get all the articles back. I do a couple of checks on them to make sure that they're the right length and the total number of articles, and then I send them over to my article submitter. And then it takes me about two minutes per week to pay everybody. So I literally spend about ten minutes per week now on my article marketing, and I could not do that if I had a whole bunch of article writers that I had to nurture and give them help, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just, I don't mind helping people, uh, but I, I, when, I, when we're talking about work, I want the work done. I want the work done right, and I want it done the, right the first time. So that's extremely important. Uh, that, that's extremely important to me, and uh, I believe that it should be important to you. You definitely want to be able to maintain control over the quality of your articles. Obviously, in terms of maintaining the quality of your articles, there are other issues uh, to be uh, concerned with besides the grammar. The number one issue being, again, the plagiarism. So, let me go through my process for detecting that plagiarism. Now, before I go into my process, I will let you know that there is software available online for price that will do the work that I am going to do that I do by hand and the reason that I don't use that software is because I do not believe that it any of the software at any price does a th as thorough a job as I am able to do for this checking process now the process that we use literally makes sure that every single sentence in an article match it is not being lifted off of the web some of the popular software online simply matches the entire article so as long as the entire article has not been lifted then uh, that software is going to indicate it as being a decent uh, piece of article there is more expensive software out there I believe in the range of between five hundred and a thousand dollars per month for the rights to use it that claims to do a better job of detecting that uh, that plagiarism, but for most people, I think that five hundred to a thousand dollars a month is a little hefty to pay, 
uh, to, to check a few articles. What we do is we literally go into the articles and we select phrases out of the articles and we search for those particular phrases in quotes in the Google search engine. Generally, if you take an article and you randomly select four to five phrases that are four to five uh, uh, words long, you will find where that article was lifted from if, if it has indeed been lifted. And uh, if you've got 25 articles and you do five checks on each article, you'll very quickly determine if there's a plagiarism problem. If I have even a single article that is plagiarized, I assume that they are all plagiarized. And keep in mind that this is something that I continue to do over time. Once I trust the article uh, writer themselves, themselves, I trust the article writers themselves, uh, then I can, I can do random checks that are more sporadic. So instead of checking five lines in every article, I might go to checking one line in every article. If I buy a hundred articles, if I check five to ten lines in the entire package, that's may not be great random sample, but again, I'm dealing with an, a writer who's written for me for a long time and has been... Uh, has been offense-free, so to speak. So uh, that's how I do it. I do not believe you need to invest in $500 to $1,000 a month on this unless you know you, you are doing a large number of articles and you, you simply don't have the time to do any of those checking and any of that checking. And maybe it's worth the, uh, the fee, the monthly fee, to really get it done right. Now, again, there are some less expensive services out there that are very, very reasonable, but they don't do what I want them to do, and that is determine if these articles have been lifted uh, from a variety of different artic articles out there online. So that's something that, that I do. I put that quality control in there because I want the quality of my articles to be high, and I certainly want the articles to be originally written articles and not uh, plagiarized articles. That's, that's extremely important to me, and so that's why I do things the way I do them, to make absolutely sure that the articles are not lifted in any way, shape, or form from anywhere else online. Now, there is one more way that I have discovered that you can write articles and perhaps more quickly and perhaps more easily than actually typing them out yourself or even having someone else write them for you. And that is the process of using speech recognition software to write articles or using our audio recordings to write articles. Now, I will introduce speech recognition software to you for the purpose of writing articles uh, simply because I want you to have that as an option. I have personally written, I believe, oh, maybe 100 to 150 articles using speech recognition software. However, after spending the time to do that, I realized that when it was all said and done, it took me exactly as long to write 100 articles using speech recognition software as it did to write 100 articles by simply typing them out. And I'll explain how that works. Speech recognition software, uh, basically what it does, and, and of course it can, if it's decent software, it can pick up your words just about as fast as you're speaking. And uh, somewhere between, say, 120 and 150 words per minute. 
So most of this software can handle between 120 and 150 words per minute, which if you type it, say, 25 words per minute, then, wow, that's six to seven times faster. In my case, I type it 50 words per minute, so it's about two and a half to three times faster. And so at the time, I thought that using speech, speech recognition software would be kind of a great thing for me. And uh, and I'll go through how I determined that it, that it was not and some of the problems that I had with it. However, if you type it 10 words per minute or 25 words per minute, then it might actually be faster for you. What happened, though, with the speech recognition software is that it uses, obviously, sounds to determine what the words are. And when, especially when you first begin, begin using it, it does not always spell, it does not always assume that a particular word has the correct, uh, is the word that you're using. So if you're using a word that sounds similar to another word, it may pick up the other word. And then you've got to go in and make that correction. Now, most of the, the, or the software that I used uh, would was self-correcting in the future. So, for example, I could give it, if it didn't spell something right or it chose the wrong word, then I could go in and give it instructions for changing it. And then I could tell it how I'm going to say that word in future, and, and then it would give me the correct word at some point in the future. So perhaps writing 100 to 150 articles wasn't enough. If I had continued doing it for six months or a year, then maybe I could have gotten to the point that I was doing practically error-free article writing, and I was writing an awful lot of articles, which would have been a good thing. In my case, what happened was I was able to, to speak the articles approximately three times faster than I can type. So somewhere between 120 and 150 words per minute. However, it would take me at least that long again to go back in and make all of the corrections. And so once I had taken that time again, I was up to about the same amount of time for the same amount of articles. And for me, I found that it was dreadfully boring going back into my articles and, and fixing those, those errors. I found that it was just incredibly boring work. And so even though the first half, speaking the articles instead of writing them was a little bit easier, the task itself became, became drudgery, I mean literally drudgery, and it, it, it did not in, improve my speed. Now, if I was typing at 25 words per minute or 20 words per minute instead of 50, then it probably would have in the long run doubled my speed. So if you're a particularly slow typer and you can only type one word per or one article per hour because you just type so slow, not because you think slow, but because you type slow, then maybe some speech recognition software could get you up to three articles an hour or something like that. And, and it might be beneficial uh, to you. The software that I used was the Dragon Naturally Speaking software. And I personally believe that it did a good job for someone that doesn't type or perhaps someone who's handicapped, you know, and you don't have the use of your hands to be able to type. Then I think the Dragon Naturally Speaking is a, a wonderful choice. I really believe that it is. However, in my own case, I, it did not speed me up over my own uh, uh, typing and so therefore I, I don't use that anymore however one thing that I do use is the process of using audio recordings to write articles and then having those transcribed so uh, oftentimes what I'll do is I will speak the articles into a uh, mp3 recorder or a wave recorder and uh, 
and then I will have those transcribed. So uh, th- that can save a lot of time. Again, it's, it's expensive. Uh, I believe the going rate right now per hour for, for good transcription is between 50 and $60 an hour. I've had it done for a lot less using some of the transcription sites, and I'll, I'll give them to you in just a couple of minutes here. Uh, but the quality isn't as high. And, of course, because I'm using them for articles, the transcription quality is not as important because I'm going to go in and do some cutting and editing anyway. So, you know, you can think of somewhere between $25 and $60 per hour of recorded material. Now, I'm normally able to record about 10 articles per hour. So, uh, or more. I, I can sometimes get up to maybe 12 articles per hour. And when you consider that I normally am going to write... Oh, about seven articles per hour by speaking them I can get a few more articles out and of course it costs me a little bit to do it but but time really is money for me you know because with with as many products as I have out there and with the income that I have from those products I'd much rather be creating a new product that's going to create revenue for me than than uh, try to save a few minutes or a few dollars on on the articles so uh, I I would challenge you to give this a try. Give recording uh, articles a a try. Let me go ahead and give you uh, some websites where you can find transcriptionists. The first one is eScriptionist.com, and that's E-S-C-R-I-P-T-I-O-N-I-S-T.com. Another one is Ubiquus or Ubiquus, U B I Q U S, U B I Q U S dot com. So www.ubiqus.com. Uh, here's another one, www.productiontranscripts.com. Productiontranscripts.com, all one word. Here's another one, e24tech.com, and that's the number 24, so in the letter E. So www.e24te ch.com e24tech.com and alsinternational.com and that I'll spell that for you because it's the abbreviation alsintl.com www.alsintl.com so those are five sites that you can use to uh, have the transcriptions uh, done let me go back to the actual recording though um I have used a variety of different software. When I first started doing the recordings, uh, I was using a free conferencing service, and then they would record, they would create an MP3 of anything that I spoke into the phone. And uh, those were good quality recordings. Uh, now I use something called WavePad, and it actually records in uh, a WAV format. And then I've uh, got a converter that I converted into MP3. But there's plenty of good MP3 recorders out there. There's plenty of good WAV recorders out there. And basically what you're going to do is is purchase a, uh, a, a mic that you just plug right into your computer. And then the software picks up that sound and it records it for you if you've never done it before it's much easier than even i can make it sound if you haven't done it because you're you know you're you're scared just take one afternoon download the software and practice with it and it's very 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 easy to use once once you get going now 
if I gave you the five websites that you can use to get professional transcription done, and then there's also uh, some of the editing sites. I gave you these sites earlier when I gave you the article writing sources. I'm going to give these to you again simply because there's, there's five specific that, that have the opportunity to bid for transcription, and they were kind of sandwiched in the other list. And so I want you to have these all together. I'll go ahead and give these to you. Again, what you'll do here is you'll bid. You know, I have one hour. I need to have it transcribed. The next thing that you can also do, speaking of bidding for one hour to have it transcribed, you can also have it bid to have it transcribed and then transferred into articles. So the person would transcribe it, and then they would go in and cut it up into some articles for you. You'd give them some requirements. Hey, I need 300-word articles out of this, and... You know, they, they need to kind of flow freely and, and that kind of thing. You're obviously going to pay, pay more if you have somebody do that work for you. But, again, the work is being done for you, and that saves you time, and, and time really is money. So here's the five sites, www.guru.com, G-U-R-U.com, www.rentacoder.com, R-E-N-T-A-C-O-D-E-R.com, ifreelance.com, the letter i and then the word freelance.com, so I-F-R-E-E-L-A-N-C.com. Getafreelancer.com, www.getafreelance.com. And www.elance.com, that's the letter E and then Lance, so E-L-A-N-C.com. The next thing I'm going to teach you in this CD series is my personal method of tracking for everything that I do. And so, of course, this encompasses both my article marketing program, my entire list building program, and my profitability program. So, uh, again, article marketing is the fuel that makes all this happen. Um, I am a big believer in testing and tracking. I do not believe that if you're not testing and tracking and improving your results, that you are going to be able to be competitive. Certainly, if you come into a brand new niche that nobody else has, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to know what your numbers are. You don't have to track and test. But if you do track and test, your numbers will go up. If you have competition in your, your area, then you're, you are going to have to, to, uh, to compete, and you're going to have to compete on the numbers. So the numbers are extremely important. It is my belief that if in your particular niche, and uh, let's use the uh, niche of fishing. Let's use the niche niche of fishing. So we have uh, fishing as our niche. And let's say that there's several sub-niches. So there's uh, barracuda fishing, and there's uh, gulf fishing, and there's ocean fishing, and there's lake fishing. So we have four or five different types of fishing. But let's just assume that um, I'm going to write articles on all those five different topics in fishing. So I've got five different niche topics. I'm going to write articles on each one of those niche topics around fishing. So I'm going to write uh, barracuda fishing. I'm going to write dolphin fishing articles. I'm going to write articles on uh, on lake fishing, on freshwater fishing, on saltwater fishing. Now, it is my contention, it's my, my belief that the people that read each one of those types of articles are going to have different buying patterns. We don't know what those buying patterns are until we test. But if we were to send, let's just say that we had 10 different article topics, general article niche topics that we were going to use and write articles around, 
and we were to send all of these people to the website, what we would find if we were to track and to test would be that several of those article topics would generate subscribers that would become buyers of, of, of higher and more expensive products than the, the people who read the other articles. Now, we, we wouldn't know what that was without tracking and testing. Uh, sometimes you can make some gut feeling ideas about this. For example, if you're talking about, uh, let's just look at the difference between, say, uh, backwater uh, fishing, you know, some very simple ideas about backwater fishing compared to, you know, um, ocean fishing and you need a big boat and, you know, you're dolphin fishing and you need lots of power. So you're talking about two different uh, niches that may have different demographics the people in that uh, you know backwater fishing you know kind of like when you know i'm finish up my uh recording for the day and and i choose to you know take my little thousand dollar boat out and and a fishing rod and and go do some fishing you know the, the money that i'm spending fishing is nothing compared to if i were to live on the beach i have a nice beach house and i have a dock and i have a 30-foot boat and i you know, we put lots of gas in the boat. So the demographics of of those people, or especially the use of those people, or the people's uses, the people's activity, is different. And so this is an option you look at, and you, you can probably say, boy, the person with the 30-foot boat probably spends more money fishing than the person with the, you know, the 10-foot boat or the 5-foot boat or the canoe. So a lot of times when you're writing your articles, you don't know which topics are going to make you money and which aren't. So what I do is I take my different topics and I track each individual topic and over time, and it takes several months to do, over time I'm able to track how much the average person spends who reads each one of my articles. So for example, if I get a thousand people to subscribe to my articles, list from 10 different article categories and let's just assume for the sake of this argument that each one of those topics was evenly distributed so there were 100 subscribers in each one of those particular topics then I would have 10 sets of 100 people if I track those people for three to six months some of those people are going to purchase products from me now, probably what's going to happen is that they're not all going to buy at the very same rate. Some of the subscribers that come in from some of the article categories or topics are probably going to spend more money on average than people that come in from different article topics or categories. Now, if I track and test this and I can determine which articles are producing more money for me, then I can write more articles in those particular article topics or those particular article categories and write less articles in the article topics and categories that don't produce as much for me. I recently ran a test, I believe it was 36, it may have been 37, we'll call it 36, but 36 different article categories and I found after about two and a half months that five of those 36 categories were accounting for 95% of my business. So what that tells me is that the articles that I was writing in those other categories were not making me money.
the ones that were written in those top five categories were. Now, obviously, the adjustment is, you know, let's start writing articles in only those particular categories that make me more money. So the next natural question is, how, how do I do this? How do I do this testing in such a way that I am able to determine uh, who spends the money with me so I can make the adjustments. The first thing I'd like to address is how many other people do this tracking. There are a number, if you go onto the web and you, you, you search for, uh, I, would, I would say, conversion uh, uh, tracking or conversion statistics. Um, or you you uh, you look up web stats statistics. Now with web stats, you're generally going to get web traffic. So you're going to find out where people come from, which is nice, okay. But it doesn't really tell you anything about your prob profitability. But if you can come up with some advanced conversion uh, tracking and traffic stats uh, software, those software is expensive. It normally starts at five hundred dollars and goes up to a hundred thousand dollars for good software, or it can range anywhere from five hundred dollars a month on up to ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month to have good tracking that tracks the individual from the time that they come into your your funnel to the time that they make a purchase. There are a number of less expensive programs that allow you to track using cookies. So if someone comes to your website, then they would uh, they would trigger a cookie that would be implanted on their computer. And then when they make a purchase from you, if they were cookied, then you will know where they came from. Uh, the problem I have with tracking programs that use cookies is that over time, those cookies disappear. The thing uh, with, with what I do is that the individual doesn't change. I can track an individual that's been on my campaign for two years. And uh, if there was a cookie there, the odds are, you know, if they've run any kind of antivirus software or anything or anti-cookie or anti-spyware software, then they probably don't have my cookie anymore. And the second way that, that some of this inexpensive web trackers work is through use of IP addresses. So if somebody logs in at a certain IP address and then they eventually make a purchase, then we're able to see that. But the thing is, IP addresses change from time to time. Uh, as people purchase new, more newer computers, uh, people are constantly getting online. They're changing service. They're moving. Uh, if you're on wireless, a lot of times you're you're not using the same IP every single time. You're you're on rotating IPs. So uh, to me, this is also a problem. I have come up with a system that works very well for me. It is time consuming. And uh, the way that I'm able to manage the fact that it's time consuming is that I literally take a couple hours a month to do this work. And I will sample rather than look at every single sale. You know, if I have 500 sales in one month, instead of looking at all 500, I'll look at 50 of them. And then I will make the assumption that those 50 sales are somewhat representative of the entire 500. If for some reason I do run 50 and it looks like it's still a little skewed based on what my numbers from previous months, then I can spend another couple hours and come up with another 50 or another even another 100 uh, transactions and, and, uh, and see where they came from. So I'll explain that entire process. It is an intense process. Uh, it is more work than using a tracker, a stat tracker. Uh, however, after doing an extensive research on those stat trackers, uh, I found that I was able to get the information that I particularly needed through this particular system. Now, keep in mind that I want different information than most people want. Most people want to know where their, uh, their visitors are coming from. Most people want to know where their subscribers are coming from.
And then they assume that if they're getting subscribers and some percentage of those subscribers are making sales, they just assume that those sales are coming from an even distribution of the subscribers. But I do not believe that's the case. In fact, I know that that's not the case in most scenarios, that certain subsets of subscribers purchase differently than other sets of subscribers. And so what I want to know, and the most important thing, that the most important piece of information that I believe that I can gather is who my buyers are and where those buyers have originated. That, to me, that's the very most important information. And so my system allows me to do just that. So let's start at the very beginning. The first thing that I do is, uh, and again, I'm using a list building model. So anybody that purchases from me comes through one of my lists first. So what this does is it allows me to track people a little bit differently than someone who sends people cold traffic to their sales page. So I am only, the only people who make purchases from me are people who are on my uh, cyber lists. What this means is that I am able to isolate the sources of people who come in through the use of individual squeeze pages and autoresponder code. The way that I do that is I, and of course I use aweber.com for all of my autoresponders, and uh, aweber gives me the ability to create a different unique web form, a different unique identifier for every single web page that I have out there. So for example, if I write 10 different articles in 10 different topics, I can come up with a different web form for each one of those 10 topics. Now, if I place that unique web form on the unique squeeze page to which I'm going to send people after they read each one of those individual unique articles from individual unique article topics, then I'm going to be able to see exactly how many subscribers come from each one of those categories. Let me make sure that I'm being clear on how I'm doing this. I'm using my autoresponder code in conjunction with my, a, a unique squeeze page. Then what I do is, if, for example, if the squeeze page is about uh, 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 saltwater fishing, then I would have an article that's written about saltwater fishing. It would go, the link in that article would point to my, my, my squeeze page that is set up for saltwater fishing and then anyone who subscribed from the saltwater fishing squeeze page would show up in a Weber as having originated from that particular web form and then because that's the only web form that I am using for any article that has the type has the topic of saltwater fishing I can then make the logical assumption that if someone is being tagged by a Weber in my system as coming from the saltwater fishing squeeze page they also came in through the saltwater fishing article traffic source. The second step in the, this process is uh, I use my merchant account and I use PayPal to do this. So I, I use my merchant account and my PayPal account to identify who the individuals are who make sales. So I'm able to download from, from PayPal a, a list of names and addresses and email addresses, etc., of the people who make purchases. And of course, it tells me what they purchase. So the nice thing about that is I'm able to get the value, the dollar value of what they purchased. 
what I do is I track each one of these purchases and I link that purchase back to the origination point, the article traffic source. So what that means is if I'm, for example, in the niche of, of, of fishing, if I have at the end of the month, and we'll make this a real simple example, let's say I have 10 article categories, so saltwater fishing, freshwater fishing, dolphin fishing, etc. And then let's say I make 10 sales in, we'll call it PayPal, but you should be able to do this with any merchant account that you have, but let's just call it PayPal. So let's say you make 10 sales. Now your natural assumption would be that one of each, one, uh, one sale came from each of those articles, assuming that there was an even number of subscribers, uh, even number of subscribers that came from each one of those articles. So we're making that assumption too, to make this nice and clean and easy. So there's 10 sales. But in reality, if I track all of those sales, I'm probably going to find that three or four of those sales come from one particular article source, three or four more are gonna come from another particular article source, and then the rest of the two or three or four articles, or two or three or four other purchases are coming from the other eight article sources. So if I track this over time, and of course 10 sales is not enough to come up with anything statistically significant. You know, I like to have several hundred sales uh, over a period of time and the more products that you have then the more sales you need to uh, to to look at so if you have you know really if you have one product and uh, if you have one product and just a few traffic sources you can probably get away with 30 to 40 or 50 sales to come up with something that's statistically significant however if you have multiple products and multiple uh, entry pages then you're probably looking at hundreds or maybe even thousands before you can get something that's extremely statistically significant. But keep in mind that if I just look at 50 uh, transactions per month, then I am still going to get an, a, a pretty decent uh, overall picture. And, and each month, the, the results should be similar to the month before. So over time, I'm adding 50 or 100 new transactions every single month that are being tracked. I'm gathering a lot of data. And what I'm able to do is look back at that data and determine what percentage of the buyers that I have come from each individual traffic source, each individual article topic. What I can also do is look at the total number of dollars that's generated per article, per article category. And this also allows me, uh, you know, this, this really takes my testing to the next level. So now I'm able to say that a particular article makes me $40 or a particular article topic makes me $40 uh, per article. Another topic makes me $5. Obviously, which one am I going to have more articles written? I'm going to have more articles written in the category that makes me the most amount of money. Let me go through. I've, I've, I've given you the overall picture of how I do it. Let me give you some technical information. If you go to your AWeber account, and autoresponder account and you go to list settings and then you go to web forms you'll have an opportunity to create an unlimited number of web forms to use on your squeeze pages so for example I might name one of them blue uh, saltwater fishing another um, web form I might name it uh, freshwater fishing I might name another one dolphin fishing so now I've got three web forms then what I'll do is I'll go in to and, and create squeeze pages one unique squeeze page for each one of these topics saltwater fishing freshwater fishing and and dolphin fishing then I will take the web forms that I've created in a Weber and I will put the saltwater fishing 
uh, web form onto the saltwater fishing squeeze page and so on. Then what I'll do is I will take any article that I write that is uh, on the topic of saltwater fishing. I will put a link in that article to my squeeze page that has the topic of saltwater fishing. And this allows me to track the source of everybody that comes in. And again, I've already given you how to do it given with your PayPal information. Go take the email address or the name of the individual, go into your AWeber account and just do a search of the name or that email address. And then once you determine where they came in, then I mark that on my spreadsheet. And then again, over the course of time, I'm able to gather a gather statistics that allow me to know exactly which articles or which sets of articles are creating for me the most amount of income or the most number of sales.